Okay, there's a lot that just happened in the last, oh, three hours or so since these Group C games kicked off. Some of us are happy, some of us are neutral, and, well, we're not going to point fingers, but some of us are little glum, so to speak. I am Max David Simpson. Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show. I am joined by, I hear back from Qatar, Mr. Owen Evans and... Mr. Ramon Chavez, uh, before we get into it, Ramon, I'm just going to turn it right to you, man. G give you the floor. What you feeling? How we doing? Uh, man, it's, <laughs> it's hard. You guys saw me how hype I was with that second goal. There was a little bit of glimmer of hope there with uh, Mexico. Uh, you know, if they, they got another goal, they were going to be able to get to the knockout stages. But it didn't happen. And, you know, whether they did or not, I think we, we can call this World Cup, you know, for Mexico a failure. You know, I'll, I'll deep dive a little bit further on later later on on the show and what needs to happen in order for this to, to get fixed but as far as the game today mexico went out strong they they wanted to win the game obviously they needed to and uh it just wasn't enough and i think there were some substitutions that i just didn't agree with um towards the end of the game uh taking out vega for antuna who, who missed a, a bunch of chances at the end uh i feel like mexico in the second half you know once they got the two goals that's when tata martino really needed to go for it all out Yes, they gave up a goal at the end of the of, uh, of the game, but regardless, if you're two up, you know, and you need that third goal, and you were kind of screen watching the other game with Argentina and Poland, you needed to go for it, man. It was too passive on my in my opinion for for them not to go for it, especially in the situation that they were in. But it just kind of reflects what we've been saying for the past four years, and you know, for a lot of Mexico's you know time. Since, you know, 1994, where they were back at the World Cup, this is the thing that happens with Mexico. They they throw everything that they got at whatever opponent they have, but they always just come up a little bit short. So it's the same story, just a different year, a different World Cup. But uh, they were close, man. So props to the players, man. They really do care. I think the, the Mexico's problems are bigger than that. But just focusing on today's game, it they I think they... Tata Martino messed up a little bit. And I think the players missed some chances as well. I think that's something that just broadly speaking, when you... Look at national teams. People will always argue, did they give their all? Were they fully in it? I think no one can question the fact that Mexico's players today did give their all. They left everything on the field and it just wasn't quite enough. But just to really emphasize how close they actually were, that goal for Saudi Arabia made no difference. Mexico still only needed one goal. They had such a large spell of time at the end of the game, whereby all they had to do was score one goal. Didn't matter if they could concede, if they conceded one. Yeah. They needed to score one and... They just couldn't quite get over the line. I mean, VAR getting involved, although I believe they were all called offside on the field anyway, correctly. So it's it's tough. It's tough for them. It was um, as a we were neutral. I mean, two of us here were neutrals, and from a neutral's perspective, that last you know half hour, forty minutes was just absolutely exhilarating. Um, you need to have like four different eyes in order to watch all the different screen, the two different screens with the different games going on. It was. Really just kind of remarkable where we talked about it on our la on yesterday's show a bit, what the scenario was with Mexico needing a win and they still controlled their own destiny. But depending on how that Argentina-Poland game goes, really kind of depended on how many goals they need to score. And we saw through the course of this going into halftime, it was nil-nil in this Mexico-Saudi Arabia game. And I mean, Ramon, at that point, again, Mexico... Now that Tunisia scored earlier that morning, they were one of two teams, Mexico and Uruguay, that at that point had not scored um, at all in this World Cup. I mean, what's going through your mind thinking you need 
to win, you need a goal at minimum, probably going to need more. Did you have any hope at that point? Yeah, and I think everybody did. We, we knew that Mexico has the talent. We knew that they were able to to put goals you know, in the back of the net. But like Owen and I were discussing before the game, as soon as one goal you know, uh, was scored, that's when the floodgates were going to open. And unfortunately, there's only one more goal that happened. And I think that's obviously what me- did Mexico in. But this this Mexican team has what it takes to to score three goals past Saudi Arabia. It wasn't able to happen today. So, But here's the thing. You don't want to head into your last game you know, doing math. You don't want to be looking at the other game to see if they can help you out a little bit. Because at that point, you're not controlling your own game. You're not playing your own, um, your own game, basically. But what I think did Mexico in was the first game, Poland. Once Mex- uh, Memo Ochoa was able to stop that goal, that penalty from Lewandowski, I mean, that's when Mexico needed to push forward, get that goal, especially because Saudi Arabia had just beaten Argentina that morning. That is such an advantage to yeah. know heading into your first game, knowing that the, 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 you know, the best team in that group had lost, and this was your golden opportunity to not only make it out of the groups but come out in first place. If they would have done that, gotten that result, you know, they would have been facing Australia right now in the round of 16, which I feel, you know, they could pretty much, you know, get past. But it didn't happen. But I think it just all comes down to the coaching. The players that were supposed to be there were not there. You know, uh, Owen was t- telling me that uh, on Twitter, Chicharito's trending. You know, I understand why he wasn't there, but there's also a need for players to score. And it didn't happen until the third game in the second half of that game. So that just tell you, tells you everything that you need to know about this Mexican team. You can't put it all together in the last game. You can't be depending on other people. And this is what happens. This is the first time that Mexico is not getting out of the group stage in 44 years. So it's it's a failure, not only at Tata Martino and the players, but the entire federation as a whole. And there has to be some questions asked to, about them. You mentioned that game, that opening game against Poland for Mexico. I was there in Stadium 974. After that penalty save, you could tell that the atmosphere just kicked up a notch. That lasted for about 10, 15 minutes, okay? Mm-hmm. And they had that wave, that swell of support behind them. And Mexico just couldn't capitalize on it. You feel like there's any time you're going to get it done, it's then. As soon as it started to calm down again, as soon as the impetus was gone from off the field as well, you just feel like you're fighting an uphill battle to try and get something, mm-hmm. to try and close something more than a draw out of that game. And it's... Yeah, I mean, in the end, it's come back to haunt them quite badly. Yeah, and I think everybody that was at the you know Four Peaks watch party, they kind of felt it too. Obviously, you get that momentum shift with Ochoa doing Ochoa things at the World Cup, but that was the the little window that they had, and literally that's what did them in. You know, they had to score at that moment, and then you have to ask questions: Where are the players? Why why wasn't Orbelín Pineda playing in that first game, which we saw today was a huge difference maker for Mexico, controlling the midfield, being creative. Uh, the change at halftime for Antuna uh, taking out Alexis Vega, I understand why the, the change was made. You know, Tata wanted a little bit more um, more uh, speed down the flanks, but we saw Antuna miss a bunch of chances later on. So is that really what you wanted? Trade that speed for for that goal scoring prowess that Alexis Vega has. So a lot of questions here. Again, is it isn't this isn't the game that did Mexico in, but a lot of things, and this has been going on for years and years that we talked about where. Once they get to that spot, are they going to be able to come through? And they and they just weren't. It's worth noting in a lot of ways that the game, it was in Mexico's hands today. It's just that the scenario they needed based on how they'd built into this game was so implausible that just it wasn't going to happen. If Mexico had won by four goals, it wouldn't have mattered what happened anywhere else. Mexico would have been through to the round of 16. The thing is, when you've got scored no goals over the course of two games prior to that, you're not going to score four goals. And... 
in reality, maybe they could have today. Maybe they could have. Saudi yeah, Arabia were happy to, to yeah. sit back. Poland didn't really attack in their game. Let's be perfectly honest no, there. Poland went out for the draw, yeah. Lionel Messi finishes a penalty. Maybe we're talking completely differently now. Maybe mm -hmm. that goal difference has swung. Mexico make it through to the next round. But in this case, no, no, it's... yeah. And here's the thing. And now I want to talk about the larger scope of things with Mexico because this is a failure. I think we all of us can agree here that it is a failure to get out this group to play the way that they did. It just puts a bad name on Mexico's reputation. Now, you have a lot of questions to asking because the thing with Mexico is that you always have you're going to have to compare yourself to the other teams in the region. You have Canada. Yeah, they bounced out early, but I don't think anybody was too surprised by that. You have the U.S. making it to the round of 16. I feel like they, they can play uh, pretty well against the Netherlands and get past them and move on um you know past that team but if we're comparing now u.s is way ahead of mexico right now because even even if the u.s hadn't gotten out of the group 2026 you have all these young players that are currently in this squad that are going to be able to be more in their prime four years later on who who does mexico have mm -hmm. yeah there's yeah. not a lot of players you're, you're going to count on chucky lozano who's going to be i think 29 30 at that point when he didn't have a good a good world cup that's not the case so you know, looking at other aspects, there's no Olympics for Mexico. They were they weren't able to uh, to accomplish that to uh, for Paris 2024. Uh, there's no qualifiers for 2026. They don't play in Copa America anymore. The Gold Cup. You know, if you want to talk more U.S. Mexico, Mexico has lost three consecutive times to the U.S. There was well, a the there, Gold Cup's a bad preparation anyway. After time, exactly. because they played yeah. effectively so in big solar stadiums, packed with Mexican fans against yeah. much smaller teams with. Exactly. It feels like comparatively a lot less on the line. Exactly. And that's exactly my point. Mexico needs to kind of rebrand. They need to kick out everybody. Yon de Luisa, which is the FMS, uh, the Mexican Federation president, he needs to be booted. But guess what? He got a four-year contract. He just got. He just literally signed a four-year contract during this World Cup. So what's the message you're sending to people here? We don't know what we're doing. There's no tournaments that Mexico is going to be able to play to get prepared for that 2026 World Cup. And imagine what happens if, 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 that, if they play the way that they did four years from now. I think it's just it's so interesting how we were kind of lamenting that back in 2018 where they knock off Germany, the defending World Cup champions yeah. four years ago in that opening match. And we were just thinking, wow, that's Mexico. Yeah. That's how this team captured so many people. And it was just that force that they were a force back in the day. And we just haven't seen a team like that that four years ago seems so so long ago. I mean, I, I even talked to you guys after they scored that second goal off that absolutely gorgeous free kick. I said out loud, like, this is the Mexico that we have been yearning for for the longest time. But it was that lack of urgency where if they brought this type of performance, even a semblance of it to either of those first two games, not even both, but at least one of them, they would be out of the group yeah. and we would be they would be fine. But it's the fact that you leave it to the end and you play... I don't know if timid is the right word or if it's not going for it, whatever it is. But when you leave it this late to chance, we saw a joyous, beautiful soccer day. It wasn't perfect. There was a lot of missed chances. And I'm I'm trying to paint the upside. But at the end of the day, it's just it was too little too soon. And we just crave this type of, of movement and this type of passing, this type of through balls, everything like that. But I just want to know why why wait so long? Where was this earlier? And I think there's one man that you can point this to. It's Tata Martino and his coaching staff. There's no, there's no other person responsible for this. Yeah, you can blame the Federation, but at the end of the day, Tata Martino, he chose the 26 players that go to uh, Qatar this time around. There's a lot of questions surrounding the team. Where is the goal scoring coming from? 
Raul Jimenez obviously since that injury, that head injury that he had, he he has not been the same. Rogelio Funes Mori, he literally he literally played ten minutes this World Cup. You know, you take the spot from someone like Santi Jimenez, who's the leading goal scorer in the Europa League uh, in the group stages. He's not in in, uh, in Qatar. Diego Linus, one of the gems that Mexico has, he's not in Qatar as well. So what are you doing? What are you doing at this point? And and that's you know, I I sound a little upset because I am, but it's it's more questions than answers. And and so at this point, you're left with you know a, a team that's in shambles. A lot of the team that you saw on the field today will not be there in 2026. There's not that young crop. Of, of players that the U.S. has. And, and so where, where are we at? Where are we at with this yeah. team? And exactly to your point, Max, we're used to, as Mexican fans, seeing a Mexican team that's, you know what? We may not be as good as Argentina, Brazil, whatever, but we're going to go out there and we're going to try to compete. We're not going to sit back in that line of five. We're going to wait for Messi to do his thing. And that's what pisses people off. It's the fact that they're not even trying, that the players that usually are out there and, and providing this beautiful soccer that we're used to are not playing. So it's the change in philosophy that needs to have. Tata Martino, if you're watching this, get the hell out of here. Go to Argentina. You got you got your money. Get out of here. Why would Argentina want it? Why would Argentina want him at this point? No, I mean, he, that's where he lives. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Just go home. That's where you wanted to be this entire look, time. You got your paycheck. Get out of here. Look, there's a seri- serious question, right? Which is, when the history books are written, what is the page on Tata Martino going to say? Failure. Just failure. It's just going to be left Complete, plainly a failure. You lose three times to the U.S. in the, in the span of four uh, four years. There was a time in Mexico where if you lost once to the U.S., you were fired. But every time after that, those uh, those failures, whether it was the World Cup, World Cup qualifiers, whatever it was, Tata Martino in his press conference would come out and say, it's not a failure. Look at the way we played. Look at the way we did this. It's not a failure, even though you just lost 3-1 or 3-0, whatever it was. That's the mentality that Mexico has right now, where, hey, we played okay. You know, the U.S. is a little bit better. No, you need to get the results. You're supposed to be the giant of CONCACAF. That's not the case anymore. It's not It's not 20 years ago. Well, the other thing, too, is that it's not just the expectation to win. You need to win with grace. You mm-hmm. need to win with style. And not only you're not getting the results, you're not getting to play. I mean, this entire World Cup, let's be honest, there's been a, a lot of other nil-nil draws. I think the Mexico-Poland one was the second one at yeah. the World Cup at the time. But my goodness, I mean, both of Mexico's first matches, like, they were just asleep. And yeah. both sides of play, it was just kind of tough to watch. But truthfully. here's the thing, Max. The people that actually have the ability to make decisions and, and to create change in, in this uh, Mexican team, they don't, they don't care about those results. Those are not the numbers that they're looking at. They're looking at the numbers when Mexico plays Guatemala in the Rose Bowl and you get 80,000 people. Those are the numbers play, that they're looking Guatemala at. Plays Guatemala in the Rose Bowl outside of a FIFA window as exactly, well. Right? Exactly. So it's a completely pointless match. You that play at Jerry's Bowl, you bring in uh, Iceland, you bring in, you know, I don't know, Austria Panama. or whatever, Panama, whoever, and you get those 90,000, 100,000 people. That's the number that they care about. Yeah. That, it's, get, it's lining their pockets, getting the sponsors and doing this okay. and repeating the cycle same yeah. every four years. Now... Is that going to change? I don't think so. We've been saying this since 1994, 1998, 2000, 2006. We get to uh, that fourth game. We're not able to um, uh, to get past them, and it's just it's it's like when it's like politics. You know, sometimes they just tell you one thing, but they don't change anything. They tell you, hey, it's going to change. It doesn't change. It's just it's 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 tough, man. As a Mexican, I'm almost 30 years old, man. Like I've been watching this team since you know 1993, which is when I was born. And you get the same story each and every time. I'd rather them just not even make it to the World Cup for, for a little bit of a change. So yeah. hopefully... Or some complete burn down. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes that's what you need to do. So if they weren't able to get out of the group this time, hopefully that causes some change. But like I said, 
the president of the Mexican Federation, they literally just signed him for another four-year contract. So I don't think that's happening. So I think we'll see. There's a point as well that those Max Tour games, if you're going to those Max Tour games, like you are, they are laughing in your face, right? They are charging you incredibly overinflated prices to do things that ultimately do not benefit the national team, will not put them closer that to money winning going? trophies. Where's that money going? It's, it's not going question. into the youth academies of Mexico. That's not where it's going. It's not going into better stadiums. It's not going into, uh, you know, be better philosophies on better coaches. It's not going. Into, so where is that money going? It's a great you question. You know, they don't play in Mex Mexico. Doesn't play in Mexico anymore. Why? Why is that? Money. Yeah. It's a dollar. Completely money. They can take those dollars, take them over here. So if you're a Mexican fan and you're upset about this, like I am, talk to them with their wallet. You know, if they're playing here in Glendale and they bring some some you know bottom dweller team from FIFA, just don't go. Just don't go. Hit them with the dollars. That's when they, you know, they're they're gonna be really upset. And uh, hopefully, there's some change after that. But yeah, man, it's tough. It's tough to see. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of definitely systematic <laughs> things that I, you guys are talking about. That a lot of change needs to happen. And to kind of tee up how we got to this point during the day. I mean, we talked a bit about how these Group C World Cup group stage matches shaped up. Essentially, going into it, Mexico was faced with a. Pretty insurmountable hole of, again, they control their destiny, which is the weirdest thing. But if, again, to lay out the scenario, Mexico had to win. If Poland won against Argentina, Mexico wins, they move on. Mm -hmm. If Argentina wins, Mexico would have had to, essentially you would have had to hope for a three-goal swing in your favor with a couple other caveats being the tiebreakers. It goes off of goal differential, it goes off of... Um, goal scored head-to-head, -head, which Poland and Mexico drew, so that canceled out. And then it went off a fair play, which ended up being Mexico's undoing because of the different yellow cards they had. If there was a draw between Argentina and Poland, you would have had to make up that three-goal differential anyway. Mm -hmm. Just to kind of take people through, as we're walking through side-by-side, -side, if you didn't cover it, look to the Poland-Argentina game first with the first bit of action. You have Lionel Messi missing the penalty in the 39th minute, and I saw a bit earlier in the comments, I'm seeing just for giggles, and I think a couple other people saying about, you know, Messi, he bottled his penalty. I saw Devin in there as well, but people saying, hey, Messi bottled his penalty, and that's kind of what undid things. First off, absolutely not. There was so much more <laughs> that I had to get this point, but, I mean, I'll ask you, Ramon, because this was the first bit of action that could have... Mexico had not scored at this point, so there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. But in hindsight, when you see that penalty miss, are you thinking cool? Are you thinking bad? What, what's your thought on I'm that? I'm thinking cool because I thought Poland was going to go out and chase the game. But that wasn't the case. They were ready to sit back. You know, they did that all tournament long where they were just ready to sit back, take the punishment in, in a sense, and then just hope, hopefully something comes out in a counterattack. But once Messi missed that, I think it kind of motiva motivated Argentina to go forward a little bit more, and that's when we saw all those goals. Lautaro Martinez had a close one at the end of the game that could have helped Mexico a lot, but again, I'll, I'll bring it back. You can't get into the third game hoping yeah. that the other result will come through. You got to handle your business at your time, and so at this point, you can't even blame Argentina or Messi for no. bottling that, that penalty kick. So I, I initially was happy because... Uh, the Polish uh, goalkeeper was able to stop it, but at the end of the day, it might have, you know, actually hurt Mexico. So that's what happens, man. You just can't do that. Absolutely. And it was a bit of bonkers. Both games going in nil-nil at halftime. Again, like Mexico at that point, you're, you're done for. You're pretty deep in the water. Then you have Argentina scoring goal in the 46th minute. It goes 1-0 Argentina. It's still a lot of work to be done. Doesn't really say much either way. You then kick back to the Mexico game in the 40 in the 47th minute so one minute after 
Argentina scored. And by the way, that game was a two or three minutes ahead of ours. You then have Henry Martin scoring for Mexico. So you're thinking Mexico has done its job. Now you're hoping that Argentina piles it on for, um, for Argentina. Mexico then gets another goal off an absolute rocket. Upper V, beautiful golazo of a free kick by Luis Chavez. It's 2-0 Mexico, 1-0 Argentina. And you're thinking... Mexico's chilling. They did their part. Now you need either another, you need a, a couple goals on their end, or you need Argentina to continue piling on the deficit. Fast forward a bit further, 67th minute for Argentina. Julian Alvarez scores. It's 2-0 Argentina. Mexico's winning 2-0. And at this point, all you need from either game is you just need either Mexico or Argentina to score one more. And that, and because right now they were even on goal differential, they were even on goals, or excuse me, Poland was ahead on goals scored. And that to me, what that was to everyone, that was the, um, the tiebreaker that put Poland ahead. So you need either Argentina or Mexico to score in the last 30 plus minutes. And what an absolute just... I've never been more stressed and I had zero <laughs> connection to this game of just you are screen watching at both ends. You are seeing crosses lumped in from Mexico. Saudi Arabia's defending for their lives. Poland's defending for their lives because they were on the verge of getting knocked out. Uh, so many different things going on. I mean, guys, walk me through what you guys felt because I was just I was absolutely blown away by maybe one of the best 30 minute stretches from a neutrals perspective I've ever sat through just knowing the amount of chaos how we even got to that point and what we watched I was wa wa wondering for Ramon's hope that maybe you'd disappear because every time you left <laughs> every time he left Mexico did better. something yeah <laughs> we should have bought more beers to get to visit the bathroom a few more times no I mean you know taking Mexico out of the equation this is why you're you're a football fan or soccer fan because of these moments right where anything could happen it, it, it literally comes down to a goal or literally a yellow card you don't know what's going on so this, these are the moments why the World Cup is so special and, and why you want to be a fan and watching these games so uh, absolutely thrilling of course you know Mexico did not um, uh, was not able to be on the on the positive side of things, but four years ago they were in the same spot because uh, I believe uh, South Korea was beating Germany and that helped Mexico uh, get into the next round. So it's it's crazy, it's emotional, but this is why we're fans and this is why we're here. Absolutely. Well, let's get into the numbers for Mexico's match against Saudi Arabia. We got to into a bit, but they finished two one with Mexico getting those two early goals and then Saudi Arabia. Trying to claw back something, just kind of disrupt things. In the end, that goal didn't really matter for either end. They uh, Saudi Arabia ended up scoring in the 95th minute. But, you know, looking at the numbers, possession pretty close to a 60-40 in Mexico's favor. Really, the two the biggest differentials in my mind are those bottom three. First off, shots, 26 shots to 10. Mexico was just absolutely peppering Saudi Arabia's goalkeeper, who I he must be, I mean, he kind of reminded me almost like of an Avengers character or something. Just the amount of punches he was throwing, just those superhero, superhero, <laughs> like absolute just dives. For no reason. Like you could, you could have caught he, that. <laughs> he was, if you, you want to talk about the definition of chaos for a goalkeeper, watch the highlights because that man was flying everywhere. Some really awesome saves, but some of it was just, he was, he was putting himself out there for everything. And it was very entertaining. Um, the big chances missed, you know, you can see it right there. That pretty much tells the story. Mexico had a couple that just couldn't capitalize, whether it was putting it over the bar, whether it was a very last-minute save. Um, they actually ended up scoring two goals, two more goals that unfortunately contributed to two of them being ruled offsides. It was the 6-2 in offsides disparity. And just, 
I mean, the attacking prowess was there. I don't think those stats even really show how one-sided this game was. From an attacking perspective, Saudi Arabia's goal was pretty much their only clear-cut chance all game. So, um, yeah, just kind of digesting it all. It was a heck of a game to watch through, but just, yeah, kind of tough how that one ended. Yeah, if you look at the big chances missed there, it's, it, that's what it comes down to. They literally, uh, Mexico needed one more um, goal and to, to be able to get to the knockout stages, but... Is this is what it comes down to sometimes? Just you know, inches and and being at the right place at the right time, not being caught off sides. And this is what happens, man. You can't, uh, like I said, you don't want to be in the spot, you know, in the third game of the group stages. So it's it's tough, man. Uh, this is what happens. A lot of those players are not going to be able to sleep tonight because they had clear chances at goal. Um, and it's it's unfortunate that we have to see that. Absolutely. Well, and that gets us to our draft kings. King of the game, you know, for our, there's a lot of people we could have <laughs> highlighted, but it is whatever religion is yours. We all are big fans of these soccer gods. I mean, just for this amazing two sets of matches that we walked, watched through four combined. Unless second, you're a Mexican fan. Unless you're a Mexico fan. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything, but yes, uh, four <laughs> combined goals for Group C in the second half today. Again, level on points, level on goal differential. It literally comes down to fair play, which is that's another discussion. It, for, would, it would have if Saudi Arabia if, hadn't gotten correct, that goal. Correct, correct. Yeah. Yes, I, I, up until the 95th minute, it was going to come down to that point, yes. But it was just absolutely crazy. I mean, this is the beautiful game. This is why we love watching all these. And, you know, uh, well, first off, we are, of course, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Leave it to the Partnerships Guide to bottle that at the beginning of the show. But they are, of course, the number one sportsbook app. You could have put some money on this game. I did. I lost. I had a nice... As usual. Okay. I had a nice little parlay going, a four-leg parlay with Chucky Lozano, two-plus shots on target, Alessis Vega, two-plus shots on target, Mexico Moneyline, which I got a lot of slack for from this guy, and then over 9.5 corners. Always take the over on corners unless it doesn't hit, which in this case it didn't, and that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but yes, I lost out on... The over 9.5 corners and Alexis Vega with two plus shots on target. Very unfortunate. He got subbed out at the half. Um, but if you want to bet on this or any other fun offerings from the DraftKings Sportsbook app, they have all kinds of great sh stuff going on throughout the World Cup. Like we talked about, you can pick um, round of 16 winners. You can still pick who's going to be finishing first and second out of the group. Um, all these types of different fun things. If you sign up now using the code PHNX, you can also bet on the NBA. And if you place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game, you get $150 in free bets if they do. That is $150 in free bets if they do. But you got to use code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to Elizabeth there. Yeah, you know, it's the uh, fourth member of our panel in the back. It's uh, that's the first Laib. Ooh, Laib. Good eye, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All the way from Qatar. All the, All way, the way from, from Qatar. Well, and we're, we're already talking. We're going to do, um, we're thinking Tuesday because we're going to have a, we're going to have uh, the U.S. game on Saturday at Four Peaks, which, you know, shout out Four Peaks. If you have not been to a watch party so far, what are you doing? Um, for those of you who have your tickets, on Saturday, we are very much looking forward to you have there bright and early. It's an eight o'clock kickoff, seven thirty watch party time. We're all excited. We're gonna have uh, you know we having little beers, little coffee, little uh, little uh, yeah beers, <laughs> mainly beers, mainly beers. Um, but yes, um, very much looking forward to seeing everyone who has registered for that. Come on down. U.S. plays the Dutch. Going to be one heck of a show. But 
Um, after after that, you know, we'll see how the U.S. you know goes on. Knock on wood, if uh, they're able to. Uh, take on they, the they can take them. I, I think feel so. it. I, I think feel it's, it. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a lot closer match than people are thinking. The mm. neutrals might think, "Oh, it's the Dutch." Like you know, they know football, which they do. But the way the U.S. been playing and the way the Dutch have been playing, it's going to be. I think it might go to extra time. I think it's going to be a close one. But yeah. um, regardless of how that one goes, we'll be there for you know world other U.S. World Cup watch parties, uh, World Cup final, all that stuff. But we really are going to do a nice deep dive with this guy uh, on Tuesday. Once I've gotten over the jet lag. And talk about his World Cup experience. So, yeah, let him sleep for a couple days, um, and then we're going to get into all of that stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Lots lots going on. I feel the World Cup never yeah. sleeps. Yeah. And, well, neither do neither you. Neither do I, apparently, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's still a great time, even though Mexico's out. You know, I, I, I always say that I root for... You know, Anyone every but con- England. <laughs> True, maybe. <laughs> yeah. be me. There That'd you go. Me. See, look, it's okay. Yeah. Um, no, I root for every Concacaf uh, region team unless they're facing Mexico. So I'm I'm full on with the U.S. and they got a great squad. I feel, um, and and they can definitely beat Netherlands. Uh, the Netherlands. You know, not to disrespect any of the other nations part of the group, but they face Senegal, you know, yeah. Qatar. It's not doesn't tell me much about them. Ecuador was able to, you know, play a really nice game uh, against them. So I think the U.S. has a, a, a really good chance. Yeah, they, they played Owen's pick to get out of the, out of the group, Qatar. The, the only team who has Who did you game. pick? Denmark as a dark horse? Ah, that wasn't, I'll take, that wasn't I'll take the hell on that one, too. That was horrible. Didn't you also tell us that Poland are no good? I didn't say that. You definitely did. I you said, said that. They, they said, don't show up in international. Uh, outside of Robert Lewandowski. Okay, they, they literally. Lewandowski. They were one. They were one. one ah, shoot. Lewandowski. Uh, one, one, and one. So I don't really know. That doesn't really really scream uh good to me but that's another time for a different story i do want to show yes uh belgium sad face uh, as well sly um in the comments i do also want to shout out real quick four peaks before i forget because they are actually launching something tomorrow and we, owen and i picked it up on the way out they are launching their you know like those advent calendars right where you like oh but it's day, beer. day one you take something day two you take something but it's but beer, it's, beer. Yeah. it's amazing but it's it, what? Uh, beer beer. Oh, okay. beer 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 it gets you through <laughs> all 24 days from december 1st because why take a day through sober Chris, or through christmas eve uh yeah through christmas eve so december 1st through the 24th you can get it at their eighth street pub 55 dollars gets you that whole shebang i mean i'm no mathematician but that's like under three bucks a beer for some really nice stuff. They have some nice tall boys, some specialty beer. And it's in a really cool, nice little box, little uh, memento, if you will. So really cool thing they got going down there. And hey, if you're going to be there Saturday, could get one there. I know you might be a few days behind on their advent calendar at that point, but that just means you get to break it open and drink a couple beers at the same up. time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out them. Just shout out. It's been a it's been a fun World Cup. Uh, pretty crazy that by. Oh, goodness. Uh, Friday, we will be done with the group stage. Still yet to be determined um, the other half of the bracket, how it's going to be solidified, who's going out to the knockout stages. But um, guys, I know we've talked about it a bit. Any change into who your favorite is? Anyone who we should be looking out for and not getting out of the group stage, getting out of the group stage over these next two days? Belgium to miss out. Okay, I was waiting for that I'm going to say Belgium to miss out on the groups. (laughs) They they got to beat Croatia. That's a, tough a, game. that's a toughie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've looked really old. There's yeah. been uh, rumors that there's a lot of discontent in the yeah. locker room as well. Obviously, I don't know if you guys are aware of the Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Thibaut hey. Courtois situation. So that's probably not helping the team as well. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. France, they lost against Tunisia today, but they didn't put out their A squad. Oh, no, so they, they made nine changes. Yeah. 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 I'm not too worried about that. So 
Um, they yeah. almost equalized at the end as well. That's they had true. a goal ruled out by Villa. Yeah, by Griezmann. He did the whole. That's why I don't like VAR sometimes. Just you know, if the guy celebrates so hard, just give him the goal because it looks kind of awkward afterwards. But uh, yeah, France is still my pick tomorrow. Uh, Croatia, Belgium, Canada, Morocco. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. The the one I'm looking a little bit forward to is Japan, Spain. Japan, they oh, yeah. they they saw that. We saw that they could hang with Germany. Uh, I just got my Japan jersey. I think it's one of the most beautiful ones that, the, yes. that, that they have in the World Cup. So I'm going to be wearing that tomorrow. But we'll, we'll see. Spain is pretty tough, man. So uh, if Japan can get the result, you know, they'll be able to get to the knockout rounds and see if they can make some noise there. Also, shout out. There's one other game there that's pretty historic, let's say. Uh, Costa Rica against Germany will have the first all-female trio of referees. Frappart, Back, and Diaz Medina. Uh, they'll take charge of that game. Yeah, that's history. The lineswoman is Mexican, I believe. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And that is a massive game for both uh, both teams. That group sitting, if I can do the math correctly, Spain on four points, Costa Rica and Japan on three, and Germany with one. I mean, that's a depend. You know, depending how win. those other games are going to go, that's got to be a, that's a must win. And if Costa Rica wins that, man, yeah. I, that's absolutely bonkers just when you thought that team was out after a 7-0 drubbing they literally could still advance as why we love this but a um, lot of great you know a lot of good stuff to look forward to not only tomorrow but also looking ahead to who is qualified for the round of 16 again we will be there for the first game of the round of 16 netherlands versus usa eight o'clock kickoff 7 30 watch party at four peaks the next one it's going to be the noon kickoff um, gosh, that is going to be the Argentina versus Australia at noon. And then Sunday, the other two that we are confirmed for, um, as far as we know, for the round 16 so far, France taking on Poland, who went through after, of course, all the drama we just explained. And then at noon, kickoff is going to be England versus Senegal. Um I mean, yeah, I know we'll because this is going to be our, our, our last show until that U.S. game. Guys, who do you have? Between the first two, Netherlands, USA, and then Argentina, Australia. Netherlands, Argentina. Okay. I'll I'll take the US. I feel like they can do it, man. I this feel is the thing that I get, though, team. is that there's like a, a weird double sword whereby you guys will pretend that the US are underdogs and at the same time go, oh, yeah, but we're going to beat the Netherlands. Like, I'm not no. saying they're underdogs. We're, we're going to beat them because they're... we're underdogs. They don't, they don't, respect, <laughs> they don't respect us. Some put respect. Some, put some respect. Two goals. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Yeah. Um, I do want to shout out Susan. Thank you for covering the World Cup. You are doing a great job, just like when you cover the Rising. Thank you so much, oh, Susan, for tuning in. Appreciate that. We got comment. a couple of people who tweet us about uh, that were on their Spotify Wrapped, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool. Well, thank mm. you. I mean, nice. uh, mm. you guys subject yourself to that, but we appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you. you. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, yeah, France, and then I, I feel like England. You know, I think they'll get by Senegal. So, all right. Yeah. So you, so you got then for the Sunday slate, you have France and England going through Senegal. Oh, I'm just gonna I suck. knew it. I knew that one. Oh, man. Um, yeah, no, I, I will. I mean, yeah, for mine, you guys already know it's going to be U.S. and Argentina on Saturday. Yeah, for ooh, interesting. Fr- yeah, France and Poland. Dude, give me. I don't know. I have nothing to back this up with. Give me Poland. They're going to they're going to they're going to oh, sti- they're going to stifle them. They're going to leave it late. They're going to box them in and then they'll win in extra time, probably off pens, uh, you know, because penalties are important. Their goals, too, uh, as we as you guys know. Um, and give me I mean, give me England. I'm not going to overthink this. I, I don't want them to, but they'll make it through. Yeah, we'll see <laughs> if Senegal can make it a game. <laughs> you got know. an awful taste in my mouth. <laughs> I said that <laughs> Sly wants the Netherlands to go through. So but. Going USA, man. USA. USA is my team now, so we'll go. Oh man, 
Yeah. Yeah. Said, all right, Landon. All yeah. right, Landon I Donovan. I didn't even say that. My other team is the US. Yeah, my scarf. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, on that note, um, I mean, guys, do we got anything else here? I know we kind of talked through this game, talked through other stuff going on. We want to give uh, Ramon a proper time to, to grieve, <laughs> lament, and... Um, yeah, maybe maybe we have another a more, a more in depth uh, breakdown later. But I mean, safe to assume how how many days until Tata bye bye Tata. Uh, I'm yeah, reading the tweets nice. about his press conference. He literally said as soon, uh, it said once the final whistle was uh, was done, uh, my contract was uh, up. So oh, he's oh. he's ready to go. He's happy to go, and I'm happy to see him go. Well, like 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 okay, that's right. Because like we sidebarred uh, with the other day, it's like pro move to say hey i'm done before you're able to get the axe that's just a it's just a pro move right there look and i understand you know it's not it's not easy being a coach and sure. getting all this negative energy all the time but when you took the job you knew what was coming you knew the expectations of this team um you weren't able to be successful so what do you want people to do to clap for you it's not yeah. going to happen mm-hmm. especially oh, with the sure. mexican audience so you know uh hopefully he can bounce uh bounce back somewhere else but not in mexico or any uh sort of capacity there because uh he's not <laughs> wanted there but um i'll wrap up with this it's it's been a great world cup you know sharing it with you guys and, and getting it to watch but obviously there's some disappointment not a lot of time before the next world cup three and a half years not a lot of time to to bring up a, a brand new crop of players so mexico is in a bit of a limbo they're they're stuck with who they have uh you know hopefully they make a generational change no more HH, No More Herrera, Guardado, all those guys. I feel like it's time to, to move them along and, and see if there's any talent elsewhere. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens in 2026. Snap decision. Do you have a preference on manager go? Uh, it has to be a Mexican manager. Uh, they have to know the game. They have to know the players, uh, the Mexican style. Um, if it was up to me, it would be Piojo Herrera. Uh, that's who I would want. I know he's a little bit of a, a hothead, I'll put it. Uh, he slapped a few reporters here and there. But, uh, but you know, maybe that's what you need, you know? Like, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. On that note, uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning into the PHNX Rising podcast and our featured post game for the Mexico Saudi Arabia match. Next time you'll catch us, we'll be back in studio after USA Netherlands. Again, that the game USA will be wins. at Four Peaks, 7.38 a.m. kickoff. We'll be back here in studio, probably around 11 a.m. And uh, really hoping it's going to be for a USA victory. Otherwise, I will be shunning Owen as I did after the Wales match. But, hey, we'll see you then. Tune in. Until then, enjoy the World Cup from Ramon, Owen, myself, and, and Laib, of course, Laib in the back. Laib in the back. All righty. Take care, everyone.